Hello, hello. This week we have Ben Kiloy. Ben's a father, a veteran, the host of Military Veteran Dad, and a podcast producer. I'm sure you'll find this episode jam-packed with takeaways. Enjoy. Ben, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you very much, Eugene. I'm excited to talk about Podscribe today. Before we get into Podscribe, you're not only the host of Military Veteran Dad, but you're also a podcast producer. Is that correct? Yes. And it's kind of odd because when I started my podcast, I had zero hint of using the skills that you create as a podcaster. I think it probably comes from like the imposter syndrome that you first go through when you become a podcaster because you have to first get used to like oh, wait, I'm a podcaster and like I'm putting this out there. And once you get, you put through that, you're learning skills through all that process. And then throughout 2020, my life has kind of reinvigorated and reinvented itself a couple times. And it started in January when I lost my job. And so when I lost my job, I had to start getting creative and ways to rewire my life as a stay-at-home dad. And podcast editing was one of those that kind of just fell into my lap because I was talking to the right person who needed the, had a problem at the right time and I had the right solution. And then I just kind of been able to build that business up from there. But it speaks to that many podcasters don't really understand the true value of what it is when you understand how the podcast works and how to produce it and make it go out for your own show. That's really, really valuable. I mean, I remember it was like month two of my podcast back in January of 2019. And I was getting asked, hey, can you help me with my podcast? And I'm like, I'm the last person you should be asking. I'm on month two. But what you forget is it doesn't matter whether you're 50, 50 steps ahead or 10 steps to a person that has no idea. I mean, you're Messiah because you know more than they do. And they know you and they trust you, so they want your advice. Wow, that's that's definitely something to keep in mind. If you are a podcaster and you have a job, you might be able to pivot like that. Okay, and so could you tell me what the return on objective of a podcast is and what it is for Military Veteran Dad? So the return on objective is something that came to me from working in my previous job, working for trade shows. So when you design a trade show, a lot of companies will throw hundreds of thousands of dollars, in some case millions of dollars at a trade show and have real no idea why they're going. They just go because they've gone every year and they don't. They just put a big show on. And there was a convention that I went to and they talked about this idea of return on objective, of how do you align all your activities at this trade show towards one single goal? And whatever that goal may be, it doesn't matter what that goal is, but identifying it and making sure that you put money and invest tools and invest in the right people to make sure that that return on objective comes through. Everybody talks about ROI, but it's almost an afterthought. But when you've come towards return on objective, it's something you can align the very beginning. ROI is something you really, I think most people are looking at the end and it's something that happens in the beginning. And that's what ROO came into my life. And so then when I came into podcasting, it kind of naturally came into this idea that podcasting, many people, including myself, I started it without a clear ROO. I don't know if I knew the term ROO in the, at this particular time, but once I've kind of grew through both ideas, people just start a podcast without a real clear idea of why they're doing it. It maybe just feels right. Like mine, it just felt right. I needed to do this. My voice felt, my story felt like it was the right one. So I just started. And that was good advice because I just needed to start. That was where I was at. But now if I were to go back, 
I would always launch a podcast line towards ROO. So what is ROO? ROO is finding the reason you want to launch a podcast, whether it be aligning it towards a product. And it really comes into play when you think of businesses starting a podcast because they already have products. They already have a business. And most companies may just start a podcast because it's the buzz thing. It's like, oh, we should be on Instagram because everybody's on Instagram. Okay, well, why do you want to be on Instagram would be the second question. Second question on a podcast, why do you want a podcast? What are your listeners going to get? What are you going to be moving them towards in the case of an objective in the customer journey? Are they going to be leading towards a coaching? Are they going to be leading towards a mastermind? Are they going to be leading towards just buying a product? And there are so many different models within having an ROO for your podcast, whether it be like a popular one is starting a podcast that attracts your perfect niche. And it doesn't even have to be something your company is doing for your podcast, but letting your product for the company be the sponsor. So an example I just thought of a couple hours ago because I was talking to a client was starting a golf podcast where you talk about golf skills, maybe golf conversation. It could be anything related to golf, but people who listen to golf own businesses. And maybe your product is a mastermind to help businesses double their income or double their revenue or help their sales grow. That's a perfect example of I'm starting a golf podcast with the ROO to feed my business mastermind to help business leaders grow their business. And they listen to golf podcasts. So I'm going to create a podcast that attracts my perfect listener and then offer them a solution that is completely outside of what the podcast was designed for. But it's a perfect marriage of how you set up your ROO. And so in this case, my podcast, Military Veteran Dad, and this kind of really just came into fruition this fall when I was able to align it. It aligns towards a coaching program that I designed for eight weeks called It's Time to Come Home. And it's kind of built off the mission of my podcast, which is to bring every military dad home to their family, not just physically, but emotionally. And I expanded it a little bit to all dads. And so my objective or return on objective is every episode I'm talking about, I am talking about emotions. I'm talking about things that most men don't talk about. And I lead them to an idea that there's a coaching program to help you move through those emotions, help realign your life and line it towards the product. And in this case, my podcast hasn't had a sponsor, but when I look at an ROO, your product that you do for like my coaching is my first sponsor of my podcast. So, you actually don't have to worry about like trying to convince a podcast to buy airtime on your on your show. You can create the product that is the first sponsor for your podcast and it becomes the ROO that feeds your business because you have a podcast and it funnels in towards that objective. That's really well said and it reminds me a lot of um, the, the head of Buzzsprout. He said something similar too. You've got to start with your why when you are starting a podcast so that you know when you are succeeding and when you are not. And the return on objective sounds exactly the same uh, as that. It it helps you figure out what you are doing your podcast for, what you want to accomplish with, uh, it, with what you want to accomplish with it, and it also lets you pivot into uh, different fields as well afterwards when you have a different product for sure. And it also it's a business word. So that's another thing is when you use business terminology in a business podcasting world you're talking their language. And so many cases, like I was, I background is in IT. And the biggest problem in IT with business is IT doesn't know how to speak business and business doesn't know how to speak IT because they use different terminology. They don't understand each other's problems. And so when you bring terminology like ROO, even just to a marketing, if, if a company has already had trade shows and maybe they've learned about ROO within their objectives and how they organize marketing campaigns, this is a phrase like, we do that all the time. We create ROOs. We can do that with the podcast because we do it every day. 
and said maybe if you went and start with why, that's not always a popular concept within business. Some cases it is depending on the leadership circle you have, but that might be confusing and they don't understand. So even just speaking the right language for a business can be instrumental in helping them grow their business. That's a really good point. So how does Podscribe fit into your, your strategy and what got you to use transcripts in the first place? It was an odd, so one of the craziest things about editing podcasts is you will get forced to listen to podcasts that you would have no idea and no reason where you would never make time in your life to listen to. And so in Podskype came into me because one of the podcasts I edit for is a show about podcasting. And he came on the podcast, Podscribe, and started talking about it. And I'm like, this sounds like exactly what I need. He was talking about all the different things that I had already had in my head, but I didn't really know how to solve or I hadn't put energy or it wasn't that big of a priority. And for me, the big one that I feel like I have a half good, decent job done is SEO. That SEO is something everybody kind of knows when you create a WordPress site. If you have a website, you probably heard the buzzword, but maybe you don't put all that time in. And it's in its own science. And when you're a podcaster wearing all the hats of your own podcast, it could be something like, you know what, it's important. It's just not important enough that I'm going to put a hat on just to learn everything there is about SEO because it's very detail oriented. And what I learned very quickly about Podscribe was it by bringing in the transcript to your blog post about your the podcast episode to your website, you just tenfolded the SEO capabilities of your site because Podscribe is taking all of your context conversation, giving it a text file. You paste this little embed code on your website that through the magic of Google, somehow it was able to still read all of the transcript and still enhance and increase. Cause what I lo quickly learned maybe like a year ago with SEO is like Google really likes like 1000 to 3000 word pages on a WordPress site. I'm not writing that long of show notes and I don't have time to devote 1000 to 2000 words. So a transcript is kind of just a quick, easy hack that enhances it to Google, allows just a lot of thing, random things within the transcript that maybe you don't even think are valuable, but Google, to someone who asks that question, finds a thread to tie it together and slowly starts building it up. And the ease of use, like when I first signed up, I was like, to me, this is like the, the best money I'm gonna spend all year. I quickly signed up for the year long subscription on it. And every time my episode publishes, I get that code, I paste it in my blog post and it's done. I mean, I even have it set up on my page so where it's, it's there so you can see episode transcript, but it's a, a collapsed field. So it's not even like fully visible on the field, but it's still having all the technical powerhouse of SEO in the background. Got you. You use your transcripts mostly for its SEO value because you can just add it to your site and and it, it does the As work As a podcaster, I'm looking for easy things and easy wins and quick wins. And to me, it was a very quick win that didn't require a lot of work. I understood how to get it done and I could take a win every time I hit post on my, my blog post without changing any of the processes I already do. Do you use your transcripts for anything else other than SEO? That's pretty much it. I've just started probably like on month three or four of it in coming into my life. And right now I'm just kind of, it's there. I'm letting it grow and seeing the results that come through and it's one of those, SEO is one of those hard ones because you don't really know how all the science is working. You don't really know if it's working, but you just put the reps in every episode to try to make sure you maximize everything. And so for me, is one of the, Podscribe is one of those like weekly deposits you can put on every episode that just increases its value. And then over time that over increases the overall value of what Google sees in your podcast. And it's one of those that you just continue to see how it's going to exponentially help your podcast grow over time. Right. 
how did you grow your audience and, and who makes it up? Uh, and how do you promote your podcast? So this is a very hard one because there, there are so many different things that you can, well, it's not hard. There's just so many different things you can do. And on day one of a podcast, they all just seem overwhelming. So I launched my podcast when I had a full-time job. I've got three kids at the time. I think they were under six. So I still had a full-time life going on behind the scenes. And the advice that I kind of told myself was hitting publish was my primary goal. Everything else was secondary. And if I had time, I did it. If I didn't, it didn't happen. So that first year, I didn't really prioritize social sharing. If I had the time, I would share it. Or if I really thought this episode had to get shared, I would make sure I sat down and did it. But I would just let that go. My primary objective for that first year was just get the episode out. I would email a link to the guests. Like that was my bare minimum and hope that they maybe shared it. Case Sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. And then I slowly just kind of manipulated my process a little bit. When you go on other people's podcasts, you capture different things that they do. Like for example, my guest email that I send out to every guest saying their episode is live was one that I copied from a good friend that I was on his podcast. And I was like, oh, this is a really nice script. I'm gonna take it. And so I now use that as a template that every time their episode goes live, boom, there's my template. And it's just a matter of aligning those little things and picking one at a time and start doing them. So from making sure your guest has the episode, making sure they have some text about your episode already in the email so they can just copy and paste, removing as much of the emotion of that feels like work from the guest will help them want to share it making sure that you've tagged them properly, making sure that they tag you and just kind of putting all of that in that email. That was something I didn't do in the beginning, but it just kind of came to my life and I implemented it and moved down the road. Different things that I do do that to help the podcast grow is I go on other people's podcasts, which is actually really fun. And even like going on this podcast, it's a giant break because when you're a podcaster, especially if you're an interviewer podcaster, because it's stressful working on listening making sure you're understanding and coming up with that next question you want to talk about. You're like, especially when you first start, you're just like, your mind is so intense on what's the next question. And sometimes you don't have another question and you kind of ramble for a little bit. That part is so stressful that when you go on people's podcasts, it's like a vacation because they ask you the questions. And especially if you've already been talking about your content for a while, you get really excited about it. You feel like a million bucks because you're just talking about things that you love and you didn't have to do a lot of work for it other than just show up to a Zoom call and the other person does all the work. Like it's the best thing in sliced bread in podcasting is going on people's podcasts. And the other good thing about marketing by going on other people's podcasts is they're always out there. They're an evergreen episode that until that podcast gets removed from the internet, that episode could find someone two years down the road for free. Like you spend no money going on other people's podcasts to share your story, to share your, your mission. And that can impact someone a year from now, two years from now. There are very few pieces of marketing tools that can impact that much in time with little cost. Like you don't do much work other than show up for an hour and that episode can trickle in for years down the road. I know several friends that there's one episode that continues to prove and feed their business years down the road. So you really don't know when that's gonna happen in the beginning, but man, it, when it happens, you'll feel it because you'll get people reaching out after going on the podcast. And I think I've probably done 35 to 40 podcasts. And it was just like this fall, I had two podcasts almost for the very first time that someone reached out and said, hey, I heard you on this podcast. I really liked what you said. I'd like to work with you. And that took a lot of, I don't know, we know what I did differently in that podcast. I don't know if I was more refined or if I had my marketing down better. I felt like I did the same thing, but it was more about just getting out there. And so 
if I could sum it up in an easy way for a podcaster listening to this, because there are a lot of advice out there. There is a lot of shooting that you can do when you compare yourself to the big time podcasters that have been four to five could you, years. Could you say what shooting is just because I, I love uh, that term. <laughs> uh, where you say, I should do this. I should be like that. I suck because I'm not like that. Like you, it's kind of fun to say because you're shooting all over yourself. And when you do all, when you do that, you're, you're just tearing your heart out because you're just making yourself feel like a failure and you're going to probably talk yourself out of having a podcast. So don't should yourself, don't shut all over yourself and just go through what feels right. Do as much marketing as you can with what time you have. The most important part of podcasting is to hit publish every week. If as long as you hit publish, you will grow. And as long as you're growing, you're moving. And that is the most important concept within podcasting. And I always tell people I consult with those first six months of podcasting, you're, you're, it's a very selfish endeavor because you're not just helping the audience. If someone help gets help from what you talked about, that's perfect. Cause that's what you want the podcast to do. But in those like first six months, sometimes even a year, it's selfish about your growth. Like you are changing as a person, your voice, what you do, your strength, your confidence, you are growing in ways you couldn't before hitting publish. And so as long as you hit publish, you yourself, the product, the big product at the end of your podcast or wherever your podcast has taken you is growing. And that's so much more important than even worrying about social sharing and all these different things. Like your growth is the most important thing in a podcast. And when your growth is hit a point where magic starts happening, the magic will happen even if you didn't share every episode on social media. So always do with what you can, do it from where you are, and just do what feels right and just keep hitting publish because I often say like the best podcast po best podcasting advice is just be in Dory mode from Finding Dory or Finding Nemo, depending on which movie you want to watch. Just keep swimming. That as long as you keep swimming, the world will keep changing and your world will keep changing. And that's always more important almost. And even the growth sometimes can be something that gets people hung up on or you get frustrated because your stats aren't there. It's like where you start shooting yourself again. And that is a very hard mindset to overcome other than just creating conscious awareness to it. But stop shooting yourself, focus on where you are, grow with whatever tools you have in front of you with the time you've got. If you don't have time, let it go. Because like I said, it's more about your growth than the audience in some cases. And even if you podcast for a year and stop, you are a different person. You have grown by a year's worth of growth from the conversations, whatever you podcasted about. And there's no way that you're going back. So there is no failure in podcasting. Even if you quit your podcast and start another one, you still grew and you still had to do that whole year of podcasting to find out your second podcast. So don't get so hung up on just going through the process and comparing yourself to everybody else out there. It's about you. It's about your growth and however it shakes shape and you do with whatever you got with what you can do. Uh, before I move on to the next question, you said that you go on to other people's podcasts as a guest. Are these always um, podcasts uh, to which you've been invited onto or uh, do you cold email them and say, hey, I think I would be a great guest? Because at least from my perspective, it seems odd to have someone say, hey, I think I would be a great guest on your podcast when this person doesn't have a reputation or isn't super famous. You're, you're forgetting one very important concept. Finding guests is a lot of work. And so every time in my inbox, some media company or some publicist reaches out to me with a guy launching a book or whatever, that's a gift. 
that's work that I don't have to do, especially if it's I mean, like, if it's a good candidate and like it fits. I mean, sometimes I get pitched. I'm like, no, this isn't going to work. But sometimes it's like, yeah, this is perfect. I didn't have to do a single piece of work. I reply with my podcast scheduling link, boom, done. And so depending on where they're at, maybe if they're like a big time podcaster, you might have to have a relationship to work, to work your way up on it. But in most cases, especially anybody within probably the one, zero to one year mark, you're giving them a gift when you reach out and say, hey, I think I would be a great candidate for your show. Let's talk a conversation because you're removing work from their life. And it's when you are in searching mode for like interviews and different things like that, it's a lot of work and you could be doing other things that you maybe like doing versus trying to find the perfect guest. So anytime I have someone come into my life randomly, I almost also always say yes to them just because I'm a big believer that I'm always one conversation away from changing my life. And I always want to find out what the universe had in store when they brought this person in my life unsolicited because every time, even on LinkedIn, I've had those people reach out to me and just say, Hey, you want to have a call because I'm selling something. And I'm sometimes I'm like, Oh no, not again. A couple of times they've caught me on a weak moment and I'll say, okay, I'll book a call. So I book a call. It's a great conversation. So even when I prejudge a conversation, like, damn, not another sales call, I still end up proving myself wrong. So don't be afraid. Reach out, I would say. The other method is just reach out. And every time you have a guest on your podcast, ask two questions. One, do you know anybody that would be a good candidate for my show? Because that helps with the work, just getting names and people referred, and they can probably make an introduction to you. And that also helps you. So your workflow. And then also maybe if you do get the opportunity to go on a podcast and they invite you on or whatever happened, ask them, are there any other podcasts that you know that you think I would be a good candidate for? Because again, they can make the introduction for you. And once you got those introductions, most people will get you on their podcast. Um, and those two methods can be a way to almost where you never even have to cold email. If you work those two methods of asking the guests, who do you think I could have Alsev on? Or when you go on other people's shows, who else do you think I should go on their show? Those two methods will serve you quite well. And don't be shy, reach out. Don't be long either type short emails unless like just make it short and sweet. You want to come on. And one of the cool things about podcasting is it's kind of like a lamppost where people can't find you until you have your lamppost out shining a light on you. And the amount of random people that do find you from like publicists and different things, like you, I'll often look back and be like, there's no way they would have found me or this relationship would have handed if I didn't have this lamppost. So sometimes just having the lamppost is enough attraction where people come out and reach out and have me on, or they'll hear me on a different podcast and invite me on. Um, it usually is just kind of random and I just kind of go with the flow and whatever the energy of the universe brought into me. Like I said, I'm a big, I'm, a, I'm drunk on curiosity is the best way to describe it. So if I have a little bit of curiosity, like I wonder what could happen from this conversation, I usually always say yes. Awesome. Outside of your podcast, how else can listeners interact with you? I know you said earlier that in marketing, there's a funnel where at the bottom is the product that you're selling. And it sounds like you have your coaching program at the bottom of that funnel. And at the top, you have your podcast. Do you have a website? Do you have a YouTube page, a Facebook page? Is the coaching program the only thing at the bottom of your funnel? How does your podcast kind of fit in to the bigger picture with your business? So the podcast fits in like you described it pretty much to a T. So there's the one nice thing about the podcast military veteran dad is the SEO is right in the title, all the Facebook, all my link, all my LinkedIn, all my Instagram handles are all by the same name at military veteran dad. So I'm on Instagram at, at military veteran dad on LinkedIn, on Facebook, all of those by the same handle. 
The website is militaryveterandad.com where I have pretty much the curated episode content where it's like my objective is really to introduce a story that argues the point in someone's head that I'm not the only one having this feeling and that I wonder what else I could be wrong if this guy has the same feeling as I do and my brain was telling me that I'm the only one having this. Like, I wonder what else I could be wrong type thought. So for me, like all of my marketing at the top is about introducing that one thought, what else could I be wrong about? And I wonder if Ben could be that guy to help me get through that. My golden rule for life is to be the mentor in my life or in their life that I wish I had my life five years ago. And that's, so that's how I always show up. That's how I always lead because a little secret of my podcast is I am my own avatar. That my perfect avatar, his name is Daniel. That's my middle name. I described it and I wrote it. I even did an episode maybe like a year and a half ago about Daniel and who he is. But that is myself at the age of 30. And so I, it's, it's also a little hack there as well if you don't know what the podcast is about, but you want a podcast. Pick a problem that you had five years ago that you've moved past, start your podcast on that because there's someone five years ago that needs your resource and you know what you needed back then because it was your own problem and you yourself can be a perfect avatar in that case. And so my podcast is at the top, the website is at the top, all my activity is always funneling into that idea of coaching and being able to move your life forward. Awesome. And my last question was going to be, how can people find out about you? But you answered that pretty well. Yeah. Instagram is the best place to get a hold of me. My, my personal Instagram is Ben underscore Colloy. And then my Instagram for the podcast is at Military Veteran Dad. Perfect. And I'll put those things in the description as well so people can find that. Thanks so much, Ben. Thank you, Eugene, for the opportunity to come on the podcast. Thanks a ton for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions, you can always reach out to me at eugene at podscribe.ai. That'll be in the description. If you would like to follow us on Twitter and YouTube, uh, just look up Podscribe AI. If you would like to learn more about our transcripts, or if you would like to get a sample transcript of your own podcast, just send us an email with the name of your podcast or visit us at podscribe.ai. Thank you to the team at podcast.co for the music and thank you for listening. See you next week.